Previously on Silhouette Zero Season 3, Kachak Crusaders, Kif, Ursebek, and her motley crew found themselves on the planet Vandor, tracking down a shipment of monsters they've been following since the Mandalorian colony. After a skirmish on a train, Kif found herself face to face with two unlikely people, Roy Relic, Click's son-in-law and Kaz's father, and Joria Ordo, Joza's mother. On board the shipment, Kith received a recording from Mandalorian Commando Matu Ordo explaining that she and the crew need to board an orbiting Star Destroyer and recover relics of Emperor Palpatine. You said they're like in stasis, right? Yeah. Hold on, let's let the truck go by. <laughs> Bye, truck. Um... I would like to see if I can actually fiddle with them uh, so that they, I, I can actually just kill them inside their tubes without risking escape or survival of a flamethrower. Hmm. Okay. Um, Xenology. Too red, too purple. Oh, suck. I'm going to do it, though. Terrible idea. Because I have no Xenology. But I do have a light side point. Oh, yeah. I should put that yellow in there if I'm going to use the light side point. <laughs> Could have gone worse. Could have. Yeah, yeah, that's a couple of fail. With an advantage. Okay, so you start going through the settings. They have a bunch of very specific biological stasis and medical stasis functions you do not understand at all. Um, I presume your advantage is that you do know enough to not start messing with it. Yeah, no, I, I will take that advantage as um, not going to play that game. So let's uh, kick these crates outside and Fazu, light them up. By your command. The Mandalorians uh, dump them all into a big pile. Um, one stands back with a repeating blaster rifle and just starts <laughs> opening fire. And as a few of them start to escape, um, having dodged the initial front of the blaster bolt, Fazio just starts spraying flame all up and down and up and down this thing. You hear a lot of horrible screeching. It smells terrible. Um, while that's going on outside, uh, they're bringing up data from the uh, ship in regards to what they know about the Star Destroyer. I can't imagine their designs have changed all that much. I remember a little bit. They haven't. The tricky part is that if they think that this ship's been hijacked, then uh, it's not the codes aren't going to be that useful trying to get back in. I would think we just try and get close. Actually, you know what? Screw the First Order ship. Let's take Amp's Revenge. It's got a few tricks up its sleeve. We've done this before. All right. Understood. We'll leave this one here. I'd like to salvage something useful from the ship. I don't know what. Want to rip the computer core out of it? Sounds good. Let's do that. <laughs> you, you rip the computer core. And now you're like Kobe, collecting computer cores and just leaving them around in case you need one. <laughs> Until Kobe gets on my ship again, and then suddenly it's his. <laughs> so you toss the, uh, you yank out the First Order one, um, you grab extra supplies, rations, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I suppose you, I guess... Um, you take any spare parts that you might find useful. Yep. I imagine this probably takes longer than it probably should because Kiff's like, ooh, that's good. It's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I got the computer core and I put it on my ship. And I'm like, but it did have that really nice accelerator rod. Uh, I'll be right back. And it just becomes one of those things where Kiff is like throwing parts out and then eventually Juria <laughs> just comes up and just kind of takes her by the collar and it's like, time to go. <laughs> oh, but, but it's time to go. Okay, okay, okay. And she grabs like one, like, like a light switch as she's walking out. Just one last stupid little thing puts it <laughs> in her pocket. Let's go uh, hang out on a Star Destroyer because this is a great idea. Friggin' Matu. Orbit around the planet Vandor. Amp's Revenge is very, very far away, just on the border of the sensor range of a Star Destroyer. You did a standard hyperspace skip maneuver where it made it look like you left the system and then you popped back in um, much further away. So if they were tracking Amp's Revenge for whatever reason, they are no longer doing so now. Joria Ordo is uh, 
sitting at the de facto briefing area, which is that sort of sit-down zone. <laughs> where it's, it's the shop area. Yeah. Somebody clears a, a box of uh, compressors off of a chair. And you guys are working out the plan. Okay, he didn't actually give us any details on anything other than Palpatine Relics Star Destroyer. No. Which means we'll need to take the Jedi, because I'm sure she can sense it. Yeah, probably. It also means we'll need the droid, because we'll need something that can slice. Kevin's up to it. Right, Kevin? Fist bump. Kiff will be coming with us, because there would no be no possible way for us to stop her anyway. I knew I liked you. Do you think we need some of... Do we need my men? I would rather that they stay with the ship in case we are, in fact, boarded and or discovered. Um, my vote is let's make it a uh, ladies' party and droid. Agreed. Zekdo, you keep the ship ready to take off at a moment's notice? Oh, yeah, I'm getting really good at that sort of, like, last-minute scramble to get out of here. Really brings me back to when I was working with your husband. Oh, man, he flew out of a lot of scrapes. And into. But look at this way. You're not on a, what is it, Starhopper 5000 or whatever that was. Oh, yeah, the Star Speeder 3000. Oh, that, that, yeah. That was a piece of junk. Yeah, yeah. I used used that as my um, first courier ship, you know. That explains a lot. All right, Rush. Three whole hyperspace jumps before I had to scrap it. Hey, that is three more than none. Roy? Uh, yeah. Uh, You're going to hang out with Rush, uh, Fazu, and Wingus and Dingus, whatever their names are. They don't talk a lot. Uh, okay, sounds great. Uh, I was wondering if I could make a uh, call, a subspace call. Um, you have three minutes. Great, great, great. I just got to call Kanto Byte and explain why I... Uh, didn't just take the flight they chartered for me. Um, just seemed like a waste of money, you know? I thought I could get a better deal. Um, and I did. I did get a much better deal, except that it was too... Roy, Canto you're wasting buy. time. Make the call. Oh, right, right. Okay, gotta go. Hey, Rush. Yeah, boss. Things go bad. You get this ship to Conto Bite. Don't gotta tell me twice. It's good, because I'm not gonna. Yep, and I'm sorry if that disheartens you at how ready I'm le- <laughs> I am to leave you behind. She gives him a shoulder squeeze. You got it when it counts, bud. <laughs> Joria is uh, finishing up her loadout, heavy blaster rifle, checking her grenade cache. You want some grenades? I got some grenades. I got I got lots of grenades in this little cubby hole. Uh, a axis, one axis. You you can just kind of pick your own type. It's like a vending machine. <laughs> she oh, you're going in. for the armor? Yeah, there's there's only a couple armor. Piercing. She loads a couple grenades. Do you want to know what makes me angrier than anything about this whole situation? Yes. Matu must have had that creature for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, right? I wondered about that. He hid that thing for 15 years in order to infect our daughter with it. Oh. I think we should wait to for the truck to go by. <laughs> I think we should wait uh, to question his his reasoning to when we have him tied to a stake uh, covered in honey and hanging out in front of a nest of antlions. You're telling me that anytime Joseph picks up a small electronic, it just deactivates? It's not deactivating so much as it's drained. I found some, some shielding that, that helps. And she, she has... Okay, so I know you're a Mandalorian, but you're also a mom. How much do you want to know? Tell me the truth. All of it. Okay, so she kind of sucks the energy in, and then she can kind of lash out with it. Tit for tat. <sighs> kind of terrifying, invisible force punches. This but it means blaster fire can't hurt her. Right? I didn't want her living a life where blaster fire was going to be a part of it. T- to be fair, I have faith that Matu didn't want it. He didn't want it. Always going on about the code and warrior tradition. This was his way of cornering her into that life. She doesn't have a choice now. What else is she going to do? Be an accountant? Be an accountant where every time she picks up a data pad, it just deactivates? Hey, hey, I told you I was working on that. 
And we but don't know sh- that this is for keeps. Is that part of what they're trying to do? Reverse it? Uh, well, actually, Roy's wife is covered in them and dying. So it's 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 going to them to try and figure out what's going on with them, which I think could maybe lean towards figuring out what's going on as a whole. Mm. But basically what I'm saying, don't blame Matu's machinations uh, so much as the crazed lunatic drawl that made them. I suppose I could look at it that way. It will keep me from going crazy until I can find him and hurt him. Yeah, like I said, honey, antlion nest, I know where we can find one. I mean, there's also a Sarlacc pit on Tatooine, but who really wants to go back to Tatooine again? <sighs> she looks so very exhausted, but then reaches over, puts her helmet on, and dons the mysterious aura of the Mandalorians. Hey, Jiria, I know you look all cool and stuff, but guess what? Mm. I give her a hug. We're going to get through this. Thank you for being here. Y'all are my buds. You're my family now. Even though I'm not one of you, I mind putting on a helmet, taking it off. (laughs) You, You know you're always allowed to join whenever you feel ready. Yeah. Daily physical training was a wrench, though. I don't know if I could do everything else. (laughs) <laughs> get it wrench uh, uh. oh boy <laughs> so um i'm gonna go back to the transponder and try and rig it so that we are flying junk like we did back in the day yep get as close as possible cut to exterior star destroyer floating very very nearby once again, Amp's Revenge. Rush, for all of his cowardice and eccentricities, is an excellent pilot and is nudging it just so slowly towards the edge. The thruster output is basically undetectable by Starship sensors, um, and he's being extremely patient with it, almost painstakingly patient with it. Several times, <laughs> Roy has come up and been like, Are you guys done yet? <laughs> Is it over? Did you finish the mission? Roy. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to give you a data pad. Okay. And I want you to do some reading. Okay. Um, I've been running my business for a little while, and I would like a, a practice eye. I've never really been one for business business, and I think maybe you could maybe put together some spreadsheets, give me some advice. Oh, oh sure. Yeah, but I'd be happy to do a little consultation for you. Um. I'm trying to expand my reach past, uh, you know, the Hosian Prime area anyway, so it's it's a good thing. It looks like you do a lot of mid-rim work. Uh, Okay, I'll get right on this. I I, I supply him with a couple of of data pads of just (laughs) random, like, like they're the data pad equivalent of receipts in a box. Right. (laughs) So he's got a lot of work. Uh, As he runs off to do that, Fazu looks at you and goes, It's a good thing I was about to kill him. Well, I won't say I hadn't thought about letting you, but, I mean, he's a dad. I don't want to see anybody else lose family. Okay, Captain, I think we are in range. Awesome. I'm sick of this. Okay, so going back back in in my brain, I'm going to kind of try and remember where we kind of latched on the first Mm go-round and guide Rush to that location. Okay, so there is a... You've determined that the best spot would be some sort of maintenance access point. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know has a, or at least if the old Star Destroyers had a manual exterior override in the event that, you know, there was some sort of catastrophic failure and remote systems wouldn't work. Um, thankfully, the First Order is seems to be lacking a little bit in the imagination department for some of this design because it is still there and still has exterior access control. Excellent. Um, is there any way that Amp's Revenge can actually dock over it so we can go without suits or do you want me to flip some yep. points for suits <laughs> nope you can do that you you uh you know extend the docking tube you hit the exterior access point and slides open into a maintenance access area okay. joya is on the point and she goes first kevin jumps onto your shoulder because where else would he be and marina with juria or behind behind i think okay so we get into the, the, the it's a maintenance area, so I'm going to look for a, a maintenance terminal kind of ASAP to give us 
uh, a kind of layout of where we are on the ship. Okay. Um, it's going to be a computer check to get past the basically Windows password screen. Two success and an advantage. Blip, blip. You are in. And uh, with your advantage, I'm going to say that uh, Kevin drops down, shoves his scomp link in, and downloads a map. Oh, and he's got projector abilities, so he can actually also display said map. Yep. Okay. Kevin, I just got to say, you're awesome. And if Matu did anything right, you're on that list. Marina goes to a clear area, kneels down, and starts to reach out with the force. Let's roll some force dice. Ooh. I stand awkwardly to one side because the force still kind of weirds me out. Five light side pips, so she's doing great here. Yes, thank you. Okay, I located it pretty high up. Kevin, show me the map. She stares at the map a little bit and points. Um, and then Kevin adjusts the zoom, and it is one of the officer's quarters. Presumably the guy she murdered on the platform. Mm, that makes sense. Man, should have spray-painted Juria black. It's ten, uh, it's ten decks up. This is Juria. Well, that's all right. Let's find a turbo lift. Okay, so you're going to go into the main hallway, or are you going to try to find a sneaky way into a turbo lift? Oh, oh, we are so going to uh, use some Jeffrey's tubes. Okay. Get me, um, hmm. What's the skill for this? Mechanics, three purple, one mm. black because it's newer design. Okay. Would you call this a black that I can ignore, though? Uh, Yeah, that's fine. All right, so I'm having flashbacks to basic design lessons when it comes to ships. Mm-hmm. You know, things that have to make sense that are standard for a reason. To success. You lead everyone through a cramped and uncomfortable twisting climb up one deck toward... Uh, an access terminal conduit that will get you toward a, a turbo lift. Joria has the probably the worst of it because she's wearing the bulky armor, has the big gun. Yeah. I feel like Kit's pretty okay. And obviously Kevin's just like tootling along. But you know, Kit's the smallest of the batch and she's just like doo 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 Oh. Oh yeah. Big people. Yeah. And Marina has long since ditched the Jedi robes hanging out with you guys. Um has turned it in for more standard smuggler wear. I answered the plan. So, you know, she's not contending with a bunch of extra fabric flowing around. So between being pretty much armorless and uh, you know, force twisty abilities, she has no problem. It's really Joria who's just like uh, constantly getting the plates of her armor caught on things and stuff. And Kith just laughs because it's so familiar. I'd like the tube to actually drop us. It opens into the, the lift tube itself. Okay. You are in the tube. Okay. While I expect that there is indeed the usual ladder within the tube, I would like to flip a point that there is also, when we get there, a car, the floor down, so we can actually get on top of the car. Okie doke. Now hop down. <laughs> All right. I'm going to pull off an access hatch and see if Kevin can get us to go up to the correct floor. Okay. <laughs> Um, it's going to be a three purple computers check. What do you think Kevin's computers is? Four yellow? I was kind of leaning that way because he was touted as a slicer, but I didn't want to lay claim to something. Sure, let's do it. Four yellow. Three purple. (laughs) Success and a threat. Sorry, Kevin. I rolled for you. Then he pulls out his complaint, nods, and... Um, the threat here is that he stopped... He sent the turbo lift to deck 10, which is actually where you don't want to be. You should want to be on deck 9 if you want so to get... So that we can get off on deck 10. Deck 10, yeah. He sent it to deck 10. Oh, I so should have been clear. 11, I guess. Um, okay. So, not a loss. Marina, can you do your whooshy thing and see if there's anybody around? Is that something you can do? Two dark pips, three light pips, more than enough for her to sense. No, there's nobody in the cargo bay, or there's nobody in the turbo lift or in the hallway beyond. Okay, so let's make some poor life choices. Pops open the hatch on the tur- turbo lift and drops in. One, two, three, four. Kevin lands on your shoulders. You open the main door. The hallway is empty. It's one of those big hexagonal hallways. 
Nobody in it, not even a mouse droid. This is terrifying. There's there's Me- people on this ship, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But Good, good, good. So far, luck is on your side. Marina unclips her lightsaber but doesn't turn it on um, and heads over toward one of the doors to the quarters, and she points out and goes, this is the one. All right. Let's break into her. Meanwhile, on the upper decks of the Star Destroyer, a Biff sits at a well-appointed dining table. The room is glowing white. The silverware and flatware are golden. A single crimson napkin sits on the left side of the plate. Standing all around him are five other Biff, wearing waiter's uniforms. The Biff at the table wordlessly commands the others. One pours wine, one sits down a salad, one brings a basket of bread. The other two pick up delicate instruments and play a soft tune. This is how it should have been. The five of you always had such poise and grace. When used properly, you were the epitome of elegance. He finishes the salad. Abith bows and takes the plate. A well-roasted shank of meat with drizzled gravy is set down instead. The Biff at the table lifts the sharp golden knife and slices a fine sliver from the bone. Delectable. The other Biff do not answer. They do not blink. They do not breathe. I often wonder how that day could have been different. What if Uncle had forgotten to engage the security droids? What if Quanil had kept his mouth shut? What if one of you was just a little bit faster? Our lives could have been peaceful and wonderful. The secrets would have died, never to be repeated. Of course, you chose a different way, didn't you? Especially you, my dear. Never content with quiet elegance, always looking for more. You sought out supernovas when you should have been satisfied with afternoon sunshine. The Biff leans forward to pour the wine. A single drop misses the glass and stains the pure white table. Everything was perfect, and you ruined it forever. Biff finishes his dinner while his victims pick themselves up from the floor, the smoking holes knitting back together. And now for the self-publishing fantasy blog-off shout-out section. I'm still in the competition, mostly because my book hasn't been read yet but i'm still in it and so i'm still going to spread the wealth here and give you guys um some shout outs to other authors in the competition whom i've met and are nice people maybe you want to check out their stories so today's shout out book is the hidden king a celtic fae inspired fantasy novel um, by e.g radcliffe on the shores of a rusty sea in the streets of a starving city a young man named aid scraps to build a life for himself and the makeshift family he loves. Scarred by a trauma he cannot remember and haunted by the brutal damage it left behind, he has no idea of the courage his future will demand. When a heart-wrenching tragedy shatters his family, a desperate aide risks a treacherous journey to seek a kingdom of legend and a new beginning. But an ancient legacy smoldering within him is about to turn deadly and neither he nor the legends will ever be the same. So if you want to check out The Hidden King by E.G. Radcliffe, go ahead and check that out on Amazon. It's available in Kindle and paperback format. And uh, don't forget to check out my book if you can, uh, Heart and Soul Fist by me. Okay, that's it. Back to the show. All right. Let's break into her. 
computers. I we should computer. It'll yeah. be red, two purple, one black. Unless you have a creative way of just that's if you want to slice the door. Uh, no, I'm gonna go ahead and have Kevin hop on down my arm and do his thing. Cause man, I could mechanics the crap out of that door. But let's be honest. <laughs> Actually, okay. you know what? I no, we're gonna we're just gonna go ahead and roll this. I'll save okay. my idea for later. So I would do do a red and two purple because I'm sure he has bypass security. So, so drop the black. Yeah, three success. There you go, bud. You all pile into the room. Is it like posh? Um, in my head, it looks like Kylo Ren's room from the last movie. That sort of it goes downward. It's kind of a needlessly bright white. Uh, it's like an know, Apple store with a conversation pit. Yeah, it kind of is. That's a good way of describing his room, actually. Um, but for some reason, I'm, I'm getting more of like a dark vibe of this one in my head. More like uh, Star Trek quarters when the lights are off. <laughs> I don't know. So that's the image picking in my It's head. like an industrial Apple store. It's still very clean lines, but dark. Right. Maybe with some underlighting instead of like the over overdone job. Right. He's, he doesn't have actual direct lighting. He just has... Um, lines along the the walls that that are like just track lighting but they're slightly obtuse like they're slightly obscured so it's all very subtly lighted also there's still going to be a conversation bit because i've said it now it's a thing yep <laughs> marina starts walking around the room just kind of like sensing looking for where these artifacts might be hidden joria takes a post by the door all right Creepy things. Where are you? I'm going to take a nose around the room as well. Uh, there's a computer terminal. That's pretty much it. That would be of interest to you. Unless you want to roll perception. I'll roll perception. I'm, I'm good at percepting. Do purple. She says looking at her perception. Boop. I trip over a throw pillow. <laughs> and fall into the conversation pit. <laughs> one threat. With your one threat, you take one more strain. Oh man, I need to freaking roll... Discipline or whatever and recover some strain. <laughs> Kevin looks at you like, what are you doing? And then intentionally rolls into the pit with you like... <laughs> 10 out of 10 for style. <laughs> I, I look up and, and locate Marina, intentionally not looking at Juria, who's probably disgusted. Marina pulls out a creepy looking Sith box. Redundant, but okay. Um opens it sees uh and then just kind of without any ceremony or reverence just grabs everything inside and stuffs it in a bag <laughs> just like dump 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 we'll sort this out later works for me um puts the bag over her shoulder throws the box ceremoniously onto the floor shrugs and goes all right i think that's it okay let's boogie back to our um turbo lift i think kind of Goes over to Jiria. See oh. anything fun? Hold on, someone's coming. Stay here. Stays here. Long, tense period of time as Jiria shuts the door. And you can tell she's listening outside for the footsteps. You can tell that Marina is reaching out with the force to feel what's going on. Then Jiria reaches over, psst, opens the door again. Let's move. Man, I feel really useless here. To the turbo lift. Why? Wow, you basically got us into the turbo lift without anyone detecting us. That's pretty useful. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I can do that. Um, how about we take the turbo lift down? Right. Let's move. Boop. The Bith, his dinner finished and his playthings put away, receives a holocaust. Fontella, where have you been? I've been trying to get a hold of you for hours. My apologies, Dr. Damron. I was dining. Yes, I'm sure you were. And I'm sure that's all you were doing. Fontella, your indulgences are beginning to affect your performance. It is simply stress relief, Doctor. Things have been quite stressful lately. By your own incompetence? It is your fault that Zul was captured and no one else's. No matter. We have important matters to discuss. The plan must be accelerated. We will need the Star Destroyer now. Now? That seems rather inopportune. 
The First Order has only just begun to trust us, and if we... The First Order does not trust us and will not trust us. They are looking for a way to use us before we use them. The faster we cut ties, the better. Now, are you able to deliver me of the Star Destroyer, or should I send someone else? Perhaps someone with a true killer's instinct, like... Bisa Kono. That will not be necessary. You will have the Star Destroyer. Excellent! You know where to bring it. I'll meet you there. So you get into the turbo lift, and uh, you're closing it. You're you keyed in the commands to head back down towards your entry point. Went boop. Uh, hey, Captain. Yo, Rush. Something weird's going on. Uh, the Star Destroyer is moving into position, and from my best calculations, I, I think it's about to jump into hyperspace. Um. Um. What? What? Uh. The Star Destroyer can't... is heading towards hyperspace launch point. I think. Okay, how much time do we have before they they launch? Uh, not much, like maybe a minute. Chris, can can the the ship be okay where it is during hyperspace? This is an interesting question. I assume so, because I feel like there, there's like a field or something. I don't actually understand how hyperspace is supposed to work. I mean, nobody really does, do they? <laughs> I mean, look, the sequels kind of threw all the hyperspace rules we knew out the window, so. I mean, literally every movie messes with hyperspace. You got uh, Han leaping through a shield and crashing on a planet. Uh, you got uh, using it as a missile. You've got hyperspace skipping. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> yep. Okay, so, yeah. Um, hang think, on tight. Rush's concern is more that you guys are going to end up somewhere you may not want to be. <laughs> yes. Uh, we are going to expedite our, our trip back and maybe we'll make it. If not... Maybe we'll make it after that. Although in Rebels, they did launch Disconnect from something in hyperspace and then just fell out of hyperspace. Let's hope that we don't have to play that game. Um, I, I do that really uh, very grown-up thing of jamming my finger on the the down button. <laughs> As if it's going to go faster. Yeah, makes me feel better. There's, you know, inane in the background. A turbolift door opens onto the bridge of the First Order Star Destroyer. Fontella steps onto the command deck and strides to the General. General Vedras, we will need to be entering hyperspace as soon as I enter the coordinates. I'm sorry, what did you say? We are leaving the system now. May I remind you that I am an officer of the First Order? I only serve... General Vedras dies on his feet, unaware of the poison that Fontella has slipped into his veins. Before he falls over or lets out his death rattle, Fontella's fuser ability takes hold of his body. The general holds out his hand. Fontella puts an injector into it. The general walks over confidently to his first officer and injects the same poison into him. The first officer walks to Fontella he too is given an injector. This process repeats until, in a span of five minutes, every officer on the Star Destroyer is a walking husk. Fontella puts an order out for the other groups of technicians, soldiers, and crew members to come up to the command center, five at a time. The whole ship will be his within the half hour. The turbolift opens up to the maintenance area that you originally got to. Mm-hmm. Um, except this is a different area because before you snuck all the way around through the conduits. Um, and in here, there's a actual maintenance like technician. He looks up and goes, what the? So everyone gets one move before he reaches over and sees the alarm. Uh, everybody gets one move? Yep. I'm going to shoot the console. All right. Um, one purple, ranged light. I'm going to aim and shoot the console. Well, you can't, because unless you have quick draw. No, it's the wrong character. 
Four success and a threat. Uh, more strain. <laughs> <laughs> There's an arcing electricity that comes out of the, the panel as you shoot it. <laughs> I do that thing where I, I, I kind of flap my hand like, son of a, why did the, always with the shocking. <laughs> Joria levels her heavy blast rifle, pulls the trigger, blast hits the guy square in the chest and he falls over after flying about five feet through the air. Smoking hole in his chest. That works too. More effective, I think. Uh, technically. You get back into Amp's Revenge. Uh, as the Star Destroyer leaps into hyperspace, you are now tagging along wherever this First Order Star Destroyer seems to be headed. But hey, we're not on the ship, so that's a thing, I guess. Everybody's strapped in because we're hyper jumping. Yeah. Well, everybody goes back into the meeting room where... Um, uh, Marina dumps out the contents of the Sith box. One of them is a data disk, which they um, hand to you. They're not sure if you want to put it into your computer projector or into Kevin or what. I'm going to pass on putting it into Kevin and put it into like a basic projector that I have in the shop. That's not actually hardwired into my ship. (laughs) It's like the dome unit of an astromech that was just sitting around. (laughs) Yeah, it honestly probably is. It's not, it's not, um, it is actually an R2, so it is the actual dome, dome. Nice. And it, it's going to be one of the, the Imperial ones that had the clear plastic, or the, oh, sorry, the yeah. clear plasteel. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really, really cool looking, and I didn't feel that bad because the droid was a jerk. Yeah, so, boring. Um, this is a hyperspace map. Roll me... Either astrogation or outer rim. Three purple. Well, shockingly enough, it's the same thing. Two success and advantage. Okay, so interestingly, um, probably somewhere along Kif's travels, either as a spec ops agent for the Alliance or just in trading junk with peculiar people, um, she's probably gathered some older star maps or star maps uh, that aren't, you know, part of the standard sale of star map navigation. And so uh, Kiff starts going through them and, and plugging those in to overlay to this hyperdrive route. And it comes up with the planet Merker. Is that one I would know? Hmm. I don't think so. But along with that hyperdrive map, there's a bunch of data and documentation that said that there used to be an Imperial research outpost there on Merker. Um, and that the Emperor was very interested in something that was there. You know, I really hate these old Imperial outpost things because, let's be honest, that's where the whole creepy black chameleon thing started. Um, let's see, what else is in the box? Uh, there's a lightsaber. Yeah, red that's all blade. you, Marina. <laughs> She kind of shudders at it, but, you know, turns it on, turns it off. I mean, I can dissect it if you want me to, if that'll make it better. Yeah, well, we'll just keep it around in case I drop mine or something. Okay, just don't go all crazy, glowy-eyed evil. The color of the lightsaber doesn't do anything to us. Is that what you think? Do you think No, you legitimately shuddered when you touched that. Okay, well, because it was used by a Dark Force user, okay? There's residue force on it. It'll... Oh, there's force cooties? Gross. Look, I had a really bad experience one time with a Sith ghost cursed lightsaber when I was a kid. That's all. Fair enough. No, don't have to use it. I can put it in a pocket and you can grab it for me if you need it. No, it's all right. It's probably good for me. Keep it. I give her like a, a thigh holster that's Velcro so she can like just have it without having it be like part of her standard stuff. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I, I This is what I do on hyperspace trips because sometimes I just can't be in the cockpit. Mm, okay. So, um, the other thing that's in there is uh, orders for that um, the crazy guy who Marina had a lightsaber duel earlier. Yeah, I still think the whole dismemberment thing was a little over the top. Throwing that out there. Ah, uh, well, you, you can tell her that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will tell her that. Okay. She shrugged. There are legitimate maneuvers in lightsaber combat. The Makashi okay. style that goes way into dismemberment. Sorry. Just kind of have it. I didn't enjoy it, if that's what you were wondering. That's a small comfort. 
What do the orders actually say? Uh, the orders are to investigate that, quote, traitorous scumbag Damaril um, and see if you can find out what he stole from us, quote unquote. Um, and it says, I've given you these documents because um, from the Emperor's collection, because we believe that he may have used information from the research station on Merker. Go there if you have, you know, go there and investigate on your own. Don't bring the Star Destroyer there. Um, and then after you do so, try to locate some of the doctor's ill-gotten goods, is what they say. Alright, so I feel it's safe to assume that he's already been to Merker because now he was investigating the, the ill Bootengadi. I don't know if we can really tell the difference at this point, Doria says a little annoyed, since you cut off his head... I feel like a Mandalorian throwing um, such aspersions at a Jedi for horribly murdering somebody immediately uh, is a little hollow, Juria. Well, tactically, it's not great. Could have tortured him for information. Yeah, no, no. We're not going to play that game either. No, you're right. We shouldn't. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just... No, you're having a bad day. Go take a nap. We're we're gonna figure out this hyperspace thing. Do you wanna go to Merker? We'll go to Merker. That'll be great. No, I don't think we should be going to Merker. Kanto bite. I don't know. One way or another, we gotta get off the ship. You go take a nap. Right. You you three, you can you can nap too. I mean, there's nobody to protect us from. The Mandalorians go off to do something. <laughs> Meditate. Push ups. Who knows? Burpees. Yeah, something Mandalorian-y. So you're left alone with uh, Marina and Rush. Hey, Rush. Yeah, Cap. I'm sorry you got stuck in all of this. Hey, really, I was really had nothing else to do. This is giving me a new meaning to my life. Yeah, I know this isn't your scene, but thanks for sticking it out. Hey, you know, who else is going to get you out of this jam anyway? I mean, you know, dropping out of hyperspace when you're tethered is not an easy thing. You know, we might drop out who knows where. You're going to need an ace pilot to get you through it. You can be my hot shot any day, bud. Merker, says Marina. I feel like I should know that one. Well, let's see if we have any information on some old maps. Or encyclopedias? Hey, didn't I make a comment about how I have an, uh, an old astromech imperial style droid on my table. Well, you also took the computer core out of that first order ship. Hmm. Let's do some jury rigging. <laughs> Alright, so you grab every random bit of memory you have laying around somewhere. <laughs> so, she doesn't actually explain what she's saying. Marin is sitting there going, Merker, Merker, and, and Kiss like, you know, it'd be really nice if I could just look this. Wait a minute. And suddenly she's running around the, the cargo area just grabbing crap. And just throwing it on the table. She's got her tools. She's going crazy. Um, Kevin is hopping in, and every once in a while, she'll kind of point something out, and he'll kind of help and, like, use his little... Does he have an arc welder, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he uses his little arc welder. And then I create some sort of strange Frankenstein machine with the astromech droid dome in the middle, and just, like, a series of computer cores wired together... And also kind of taped together. And there is there's actually a um we're gonna say it's a leg to a uh, a gonk droid <laughs> sitting on one thing to keep it from toppling over. Nice. The R2 brain says like basically says input. Alright, um Merker. Actually I look at the the paper the the instructions and I read the technical designation it was given in the instructions. Ah. Cross-referencing. And then it has like this jumble of, of different bits of data here and there. Um, hmm. Give me a light side point for this one. I will do so. You let me do that ridiculous thing, so 100%. By the way, there are eight dark side points and they're staring at me and it worries me. Um, okay. Here's what happens. At first, there's like a jumble of data that doesn't make any sense being projected. It looks like, you know, a corrupted file of some sort. Mm -hmm. And for a minute, you're like, maybe the hollow projector matrix on this astromech dome doesn't work or something like that. Like, this doesn't look like anything. 
Um, but when that data comes up, it sort of functions like a QR code. Um, and Kevin kind of like responds to it going, Wee! and he himself runs over to one end of the other room and then starts projecting his own data, almost like in a trance. Like this is a subroutine programmed into him to um, display this exact data when that pattern is shown. Kiv has her, her um, pry bar out and her wrench out because little little worrying when your new little droid buddy uh, is in a trance, but what is he displaying? So it's a recording. Um, do you know what BD units are for? I don't, actually. They are research assistant droids. That makes a lot of sense, given the context in which we're introduced. Okay. Yes. Um, of course, there's BD-1 from uh, Jedi Fallen Order, but there's also a BD unit that helps Dr. Afra, who's a quite popular uh, character in the Star Wars comic series mm-hmm. named Dr. Afra. Um, and she has a BD unit. Okay, so, cool. Um, it should not be a surprise that the projected recording is of a small drawl. You, of course, don't know what Dr. Damrell looks like, but you can probably make a pretty strong guess that's who it is. Didn't I meet Damrell? Oh, you did. That's right. Very so, briefly. Yeah, you did. So 15 years ago. So you you do recognize him. Um, in the background is sort of a jungle locale. And he's like, <clears throat> Data log number 37. Um... It seems that locating a Yislamiri is much more difficult than I suspected it would be. Uh, not only does it have a number of natural predators, it seems that trying to remove the beast from the actual tree is um, cause for it to immediately die. It also means that its ability to hide itself from the Force has meant that my use of Force-tracking animals is a complete waste of my time. I did, however, find a number of Vornskir, which would be quite interesting to start to fuse into the project. Mm, furthermore, it seems that I will have to go back and hire more physical hands in order to locate these creatures as needed. Um, I do want wish to avoid asking the Empire for more men, as I believe the Imperial soldiers cannot be trusted. Fortunately, the last moth that was put in charge of overseeing my project met an unfortunate accident, and since then, a new one has not been assigned to me. I believe the Emperor has become uh, far too interested in the rest of his political machinations to have put too much oversight in my project, which is, of course, ideal. In any case, we will continue to spend the rest of the day searching for another Yisomiri specimen, and then upon which we will... Um... Head back to civilization. End log. And then Kevin's sort of trance dissipates. He looks around like, what happened? (laughs) Well, Matu's certainly landed in the thick of it. I feel like we need to get this information to click. I feel like we do. Um, Let's drop out of hyperspace and see about making contact. Everybody hold on. And uh, as you disconnect from the Star Destroyer, the Starship Amp's Revenge does tumble out of hyperspace, and you guys work on trying to establish contact with the Kachaks. End of episode! That was arguably my most successful episode of anything ever. <laughs> Not my greatest triumphs, but my most consistently successful. Never yeah. again shall I see these days. <laughs> well, thank Hi. you once again for filling in the corners of our story. I like how I'm filling the corners and I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> No, no, you don't. Especially since um, <clears throat> in real life or in current time, the last episode you recorded, which was months ago, just aired. Yeah, yeah. That was um, that was uh, uh, a more directly active episode, but still completely, almost completely lacking context. So 
Yeah, and this episode is going to be weird because there's actually a section of it that I'm going to be recording separately and, and interspersing. So you're going to listen to your own episode in which there's a section you don't know anything about. Ah, <laughs> you're uh, a monster. How was that for? I thought Matt was the monster, but it's been you all along, Chris. Yes, <laughs> the monster was the friends we made along the way. Okay, um, <laughs> so thank you all for uh, joining us on this episode. Um, thank you, Leslie. Where, what's up with you these days in in Plugland? In Plugland. Okay, how far ahead is this? Is ah. this gonna drop? You have no clue. Nah, I'll put it where I want to. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, I, I'm still on Heroes. Season 3 is going to be starting up in the very near future, but since I don't know when, in context, I'm not telling you just anything about it. Well, okay, so like sometime between uh, June of 2020 and beyond Heroes Season 3, which I believe is Force and Destiny, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be starting up. That should be fun. I'm I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. I'm quite thus far quite tickled with my current character. Awesome. Who is awesome. a silhouette zero character? I'll give you that teaser. Nice. It's Atlantic, isn't it? It's always Atlantic. Is it Atlantic? Did I guess it? Is it Atlantic? I got it, didn't I? Got Atlantic. Nope. Ah. Uh, but I'm Leslie at LeslieGS on Twitter, and you can find me on Heroes and a spell on Flight Risk, which again, I'm not sure where we are in that, and I'm just there for an arc. <laughs> and of course as usual show twitter at SilZeroChris. that's s-i-l-z-e-r-o silzeromedia.com for all the other things that we are up to these days um and Zero matt m-a-t-t yeah um support us on patreon patreon.com slash silzero and i think that's it so until go next... no stop that we're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay don't buy chris coffee he can't have it I should check that thing. <laughs> sending us stuff, but I haven't checked it. Is there like a secret hoard of money there from fans that has just been gathering coffee dust? I don't know. Coffee dust sounds both simultaneously terrible and wonderful. Well, until next time, may the force be with you. And also with you. Stop. I can't find my cursor. Stop. And, um, let's see, what would be the last thing of interest in there? Check my other notes. Welcome to the other notes. Please hold. Thank you for holding. Your game is important. Your GM will be with you in a moment as soon as he has finished checking the other notes.